And now, let's send it over to Mace Corps with a weather report from Sudradel. Why don't you each describe to me some of the uh, overall things that happen on your journey back to the hearth, uh, knowing that it's a rel relatively treacherous path through the mountains and then the scrublands in the desert. Um, so, yeah, if you want to, like, add in any flavorful scenes of that journey, go ahead and do it. Right now. I think Yara just, like, packs up, she's got her little hut, and probably just puts everything in some kind of sack, probably not even a backpack. I see Yara being, like, you know, the huts that, like, Native Americans, like, sure, I don't know, exactly the right tribe, but, you know, they, they packed up, like, a teepee almost. Mm. Or a yurt, a yurt like a Mongol yurt that's being able to pack, be packed up. Um, mm. um, I'd say we travel. Um, I think Macecore. Uh, there's like a sand dune that we're traveling over, and Macecore definitely trips and falls into the sand, and just rolls down and down and down the yeah. dune. Yeah, yeah, and then they both laugh <laughs> about it. Um, Macecore's laughing to hide his pain. <laughs> Yara. At one point, tells Mazecor that one of the the cactus plants are is like prickly pear. It has prickly pear juice in it, and mm. he slices it open and he drinks it, and it's disgusting. He spits it out, and Yara <laughs> is laughing. And then Mazecor throws it on Yara, and Mazecor then laughs. Ah, family and then bonding. Yara punches him in the throat. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> or throws it back at him and stabs him a little bit with the spikes. Yeah. And I think uh, you do come down out of the foothills of the mountains and you find your axe beak after a little bit of searching uh, and tracking. And it's been fine. It looks a little bit like disheveled because it's been living out in the wild. But this far up in elevation, there's not a lot of predators in this area besides the dragons. So, uh, yeah, it, it survives just fine. And the two of you are then able to lay your heavier belongings on the back of this bird and it starts to trek with you down out of the mountains. And cue the Lawrence of Arabia theme song and the two of you travel across the sandy desert back toward the hearth. And everything goes great. Hooray. Wow. For once, Macecore must yeah, have rolled well. It's pretty pretty straightforward um can you give me each of you give me a perception check please a 19 13 excellent so yara as you're walking you are wearing this super cool um face mask with little narrow slits for your eyes so a sort of like ancient bedouin style um sunglasses mm. And so that sort of protects your vision, and you're able to see a bit better than Macecore. But Macecore, you're not, like, walking blind out there in the sun and the sand. Um, but Yara, with your clear vision, you can see in the distance, in a few different directions as you're walking, that there are other groups of tribal people moving toward the hearth. Um, not in any kind of, like, desperate way, but it just looks like there's a fair number of travelers headed in the direction of the city right now. And sure enough, as you reach the, the walls of the city, as they rise up on the horizon out of the desert, you can see that there are, in fact, uh, a bunch of travelers and nomadic type folks. Um, a lot of the spitfires appear to be 
traveling into the city uh, for some kind of major event. And uh, Mace Corps, you, of course, would know that to be some sort of political gathering to elect tribe members to the, uh, I don't remember what we called it, but it's like the, essentially the city council. And in the process of entering the city, you're sort of swept up into this crowd and uh, the two of you are sort of swept up into the crowd into the front gate of the city and onto the main street of the hearth and Mace Corps, you suddenly feel yourself lifting up off of the ground uh, in this crowd by like kind of the, the shoulders and the back of your garments. You're being picked up. Well, what do you do? I'm being picked up by the crowd, like being hoisted, like... You can't really tell exactly what's like what's causing you to rise up, but you feel like something is lifting. Do you. I notice him being moved? Uh, yes, you do. You see him starting to like. Uh, well, he maybe was in your peripheral, and you were sort of being pushed toward the center mm-hmm. of the town by the crowd, and then he just sort of lifts up out of view all of a sudden. So you can react as well. What do the two of you do? Um, can I investigate what is how I'm being lifted? Yeah, give me an investigation check. And I think out of kind of panic of being in a crowd, I don't know if that would make Yara less of a help or more likely to like grab on to him because she hasn't been around a lot of people recently. Why don't you give me a deck save? Because um, I feel like you might grab on to him just out of like instinct. Uh, 23 for a save. So the investigation, Mace Core, you look around and you realize that you are being picked up by Draxar, who has sort of like parted the seas and, and come into this stream of people to pull you aside. And he's like reaching down from a little platform that's up on the side of the memorial pyramid next to the royal castle. And so he's sort of like trying to lift you up out of the crowd. It's almost like a uh, Mufasa getting up out of the wildebeests kind of kind of moment Um, and yara you uh you see him doing this and you manage to grab onto mace core's legs and draxar sort of like grunts as the extra weight is added and then he manages to pull mace core up onto this uh this little raised platform over the railing and then he sees you kind of coming along um and he reaches out to push you off. Um, what do the two of you do? Draxar, oh my god. Thank you, I didn't even know where I was coming from. Thank you for doing that. Just sheer panic for Yara to be thrown into this crowd. Uh, Yara, you okay? Am I being pushed uh, off? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's trying to push you off of Mazecore. Mazecore, help! No, Draxar, she's with me. She's with me, she's okay. Mm, oh, sorry. I who who is this? Have you picked up an assistant? <laughs> I wish. Uh, believe it or not, that's my sister. Um, he kind of does a double take for a second, then steps back and looks at you, Yara. Um, and with a little bit of hesitation, he extends a hand, a giant clawed hand, and he. This is the first time you're seeing this dragon, and he is. Well, actually, no, that's probably not true. You would have been to the hearth when he was the ruler, um, but you recognize him as the former king, and this is a very surreal interaction for you um, because you've only ever known him to be kind of like a cruel despot. Mm. Uh, like he's sh- reaching out a claw to shake my hand? 
Yes, he's reaching out to shake your hand. Go on. Yeah, mm. I mean, there's a there's history here. Um, there's history here. It he's he's okay. Not not from what I remember. What do you remember? Cruelty. We should probably move into the into the temple. It's getting a little hairy out here. What's going on out here, Drax? Is everyone coming here for the elections? Yes. There will be a great summoning in the town square this evening. And many members of many houses are coming from far and near to cast their lots. Mycecore, weren't you worried about not making it back in time? Yeah, I mean, thank God we got back in time. Although, you know, as you were empty-handed, we didn't we didn't get the support of the dragons either way. Oh wait! Oh, so real quick, can we back up just for a second? Point of order: mm. um, Was Draxar in on this plan that you were actually going to go looking for the dragons, or was it just Droll that kind of knew that you were really going to try it? I think they were all there. Mm. Yeah, were they? I couldn't remember what we decided like in the temple. I think the whole team was there. Oh, I think it was Draxar was like, huh, yeah, right, like go get a dragon, you moron. And then Droll was like, no, seriously, go get one. Yeah, because I feel like Draxar said something about like that like that would make like that would make you really stand out or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Alright, sweet. So um he kind of grunts when you say that and says probably a waste of time. Anyways, let's Let's get back inside. We can, uh, we should find Ivy. See what she says. I couldn't agree more. Uh, when, when is the, when does the, the voting start? Mm. Three, four hours. Okay, there's not much time, but, uh, yeah. Uh, we, we should go. You're right. Uh, I'll follow your lead. All right, and he leads you... In through the memorial uh, pyramid that he was sort of up on the ledge of, and then he takes you through a secret passage underneath that leads into the royal temple. Um, And I think you've seen this passage once or twice at this point. It's not a super mysterious building, but uh, it definitely keeps you out of the crowds. And when you enter into the royal temple, you see there are certainly more people inside than the last time you were here. Um, you see Fartros there. He is scurrying around, ordering a bunch of young interns around who are uh, kind of setting up all kinds of like ceremonial pieces. And um, they have like scrolls for tabulating votes and all kinds of stuff that they're getting ready. Um, you see Ivy over a large conference table that's been set up in the center of the temple. Um, and at it are now maybe 30 to 40 seats. Um, so it's got a whole, it's like a really big table and it's got plenty of seats and, uh, you get the impression that that's going to be where these newly elected family leaders are going to meet in this, uh, Royal court setting. Um, and yeah, it's just a general buzz of energy. Um, but you also, uh, you notice a look on Ivy's face that says that she has something still weighing on her mind, despite the fact that this is like a monumental moment for the city. Uh, what do you do? Why are we in here? Oh, we're here to see Ivy. Oh, let me, hold on, I'm sorry. Our cousin? I I get ahead of, yeah, she's our cousin. Mm -hmm. Uh, You probably don't remember her, um, but she is acting queen 
of of um, dragon of the hearth. Yeah. yeah, the hearth. Um, and have you ever been in the castle before? You are. It's really big. No, I haven't. Well, um, why you you just stick with me right now? Because I'll introduce you to everybody. Great. Um, I guess I'll go up to Yara if uh, I say. Yara, you guys are prepared really or well. I, up to Ivy. Oh, sorry, Ivy. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. When you when you approach Ivy, she looks up at you, and a smile crosses her face. Though her eyes betray that there is something certainly weighing on her mind. Um, she says, "Oh, I'm so glad you're back, Mace Core. How was your trip?" Um, potentially fruitful. Um, I made contact with the dragons, though. I haven't gotten a firm commitment from them yet that they're going to support us, but uh, I definitely made a mark on him. Uh, as you finish saying that sentence, you realize that the entire temple has fallen completely silent as everyone has turned to listen to you. Oh, I didn't know how I'd be having an audience here. How is everyone doing? Uh, <laughs> um, Ivy says... Um, Maybe we would be best to discuss this in my private chambers. Um, though I am fascinated to learn the details, I don't know that we need this getting out to everyone right now. No, I mean, everyone Everyone knows... in this room right now, you understand this is a confidential conversation. Uh, and Draxar kind of steps up behind her and he, like, grips the hilt of his sword menacingly, looking around the room, and everyone sort of gets back to work immediately. Uh, I hope everyone knows that there was a big joke. Ah, the dragons? Are you kidding me? I just went out to get some vegetables. No, Mace Corp, please. When we don't, we don't need to, we don't need to confuse everyone. Just here, come with me. And she starts to walk back into the back. Okay, Ivy. Okay, I'm just trying to lighten up the situation. Uh, yeah, it's all good. It's fine. Uh, Ivy, have you? Do you remember? My sister, Yara. I don't remember and her. We can but say, I, I can say this as I walk with her. Yeah, yeah. You're walking. Yeah. You're walking and talking, and you've kind of entered into the edge of her queen's chambers in the back. Um, and you see that Juniper is in the back as well, and she stands up to greet you as you come in. And Ivy answers your question. Says, "I don't remember your sister, though I do remember you saying that you had one." I may I be may I assume that this is her? This is this is her, Yara. This is uh, Queen Ivy, if you will. Uh, Ivy looks at you, Yara, and says, "Cousin, it's wonderful to meet you." And she reaches out a, a hand to shake. Yara will reach out her hand and shake it as well. Um, Queen of the hearth. Uh, yes. So why is for now? Why is that guy still alive? And she points over to Draxar. Well, we had a little unorthodox transfer of power. I, your the nature of your question makes me think that you understand how power is transferred here in the hearth, generally. Yes. Uh, Macecore may be able to fill you in on all the details, but uh, the tournament got a little bit off the rails this time and the end result was that we won technically and I was sort of the last man standing 
along with Mace Core, who ended up with the Scepter, but I ended up with the Throne, and that is something, Mace Core, we should certainly try to sort out when you're done roving the Earth. Uh, should you decide to reside here, we may have to take up sort of uh, coinciding ruler roles, but anyways, uh, I feel like I'm getting into the weeds of it. Uh, it sounds like Mace Core could Suffice be it to say that I have been... Well, guys, I, that's not that's not important at the moment. I think we have plenty of time to figure that out. Mm. Um, but I'm glad you both got to meet each other. Um, so, uh, Ivy, before we, I was rudely uh, uh, listened in on, uh, I made <laughs> I have some I have some news about our contacts. Please, uh, you may speak plainly now that we're out of your shot. So, um, the cultists. Uh, Burio's henchmen are already at it, trying to convince the dragons um, that they are that they should ally with them. Um, although uh, we we defeated a couple of Burio's army there, but um, I made a very impassioned plea to uh, one of the dragons who said um, he he wasn't going to eat me, but he'll have to discuss the offer with the dragon. I guess they have a council or something. Ah, see, that's what we're doing here, too. Interesting. Yeah, council's running run in, run in our blood, it seems like. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So, was he big? Uh, were you terrified? Well, you know, I, I, he was he was bigger than you can imagine. But he transformed. Remember, they're able to transform. Remember those, those child stories about them transforming figures? I do. That's You're telling me that that's true? It's very true. Extremely true. Wow. Uh, and, uh, he transformed into a humanoid, um, to treat with me initially, uh, but then went full size in the cave, in, in his lair. So, um, I don't know whether they're coming to help or not, but, you know, I think we should plan to hopefully mobilize without them. Okay, well, that is, I feel like that sort of puts me in this in-between space. I mean... I'm happy to I'm happy to make the pitch to our people on your behalf or or you can make the pitch to them but I I wouldn't get your hopes up Mace Core. I'm really sorry to say that because I feel like people here do understand the peril they face but as I said when you arrived it, some of them connect you with that peril and they think that when you go it will take some time for that peril to find its way back if it ever does but without with i don't know without uh a, without a true alliance with the dragons i don't know for sure that i can convince our armies to fight for you well um can i do a perception check to see um if there's something else going on here with her uh sure uh insight yeah you mean with with ivy yeah. sure 15 insight um i would say that your the insight that you gather on ivy here is that she is i think she's worried about a lot of things she's stressed about this political change that's coming to her city that she's sort of introduced um and i think it's gotten a little bit like crazy how interested the the people that she rules are in this process 
um, maybe unexpectedly so, and she also uh, was genuinely very worried about you, and I think, yeah, and the last thing I would say is that you get the sense that she would really, really like to throw her support behind you fully, but maybe isn't feeling like she can. Okay. Ivy, I get the sense that there's some hesitation here. I know it's a tall, tall ask, but you are the queen, and I I, I need your full support on this. I I understand, Macecore, I do. I just So what's stopping you now? What what's the roadblock here? What's making you hesitate? Order has just been restored in in our lands and now you're asking me a brand new ruler to potentially send my people, our people, our friends and relatives into battle possibly to never return to these lands. It's not it's not a responsibility that I ever expected to have, Macecore, and I it weighs on me tremendously. And who's to say that I can even convince them to go? If you can't convince them, would you come yourself? Would you would you come with Macecore and I plan to go with him? I would certainly like to. Because if 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 your people don't want to follow you into this battle, then are they really worth ruling over to begin with? Well, you won't have to convince me. I'll be there. Uh, That's Draxar stepping up and saying that. I, I appreciate you, Draxar and Yara, for your support here. And I know, Ivy, I know you. I, I can't imagine you have the weight of power on you. And that's that's not what we... Ha- well, Draxar, you had it, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, but I love a good yeah, fight. I know you do. Um, but, you know, this is... If you want to be queen, which I know you do, um, and you deserve it, this is this is part of being queen. And I think if you are con- if your convictions are strong enough, um, and I know they are, I know we both can make this work with the the common council. Uh, well, I'm calling it that, but um, I think that's good. Know. Yeah, God, did we give it a name? I can't no, remember I feel like if we it's did. So lame. Um, is there like a Latin name for dragon? <laughs> I'm sure there is. Let's find out. Uh, Latin is an unspoken language. Oh, right. Yeah, Duh. that's true, actually. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to look at an Arabic name for dragon. Uh, that's not. Tanyin. Is that how you say it? Tinyin. I'm going to go with the. Because, like, all of, like. Um, Ooh. You know, the. So this is uh, this is a non sequitur, but I looked it up in Polish because that was the next one after uh, Latin for some reason on this translator, and uh, it's smok s m o k, which I have to think is how Tolkien ended up with smog. Yeah. Um, smok council, Tinian council. I feel like a lot of like the dragon born names in D anD D are like Arabic esque. Um, but you know what? Let's do let's do the smok council. Oh, here. How about that? What about if you don't use the word council and it's just called the continuar? Because that's the Spanish word for dragon. Continuar? Continuar. I have to imagine we're not saying that right. Hey, you know, hold on. Actually, it'll say it for me. Con- it's continuar. I was right, right. I was pretty much right. Here, I'll put it in the chat. I know we can We can both convince the, the lords 
and voting voting family at the Compton Yard Council. I I guess that's a little bit of a. I I know it's just called the Compton Yard, but uh, you remember I'm. Well, they'll be holding. Uh, yes, we haven't worked out all the nomenclature at this point, which is fine. But, uh, okay. Here's what I can give you, Mace Core. Following the elections tonight, I'm going to be meeting with the Continuar for the first time here in the Royal Temple. Following their election, these family members will sit at the table in the main hall, and I can give you the floor. And I will support you, and I will back up your claims, and I will invite members of the families who witnessed the end of the tournament to share their experience as well, that we may speak openly about the threat that we face. And if that, if the Continuar votes in favor, I will muster our armies and every family will supply soldiers to this cause. If they do not, then those who wish to fight will go, but I will not be able to force them. I think that's a fair deal. Um, and and uh, thank you for allowing me to have that time. And uh, do we know if any of um, relatives of these families perished after the tournament with the with the battle that ensued? There were there were several casualties. So yes, people people know that there has already been damage done by this evil. What they don't understand fully is that it will come back. And that it poses a threat, despite the fact that it has moved far from our gates for the time being. Um, okay, well, is there anything I can do in the meantime to help prepare, you prepare for this, this, the, the content you are? How, how many people are being elected? It seems like a lot of people out there. Yes, it's about 30 to 40 great families. Draxar, what was the final count? Uh... I think we set it at 36. And is Isirian a family in this? Well, at the moment, we don't have an elected representative because I am going to be heading up the Continuar. Well, between the three of us, can we elect a representative from one... Can we elect one of ourselves? We are uh, heads of the family. I... Yeah, I guess... I hadn't really thought of it that way, but do you think that the monarchy should sit regardless of, of family representation? I think I think you're the monarch. You might you might I can make the rules, that's true. Why not? I'm see so you see, Macecore, I'm trying to get away from that a little bit. It seems like no offense, Draxar, but the way that we've done things in the past was a bit archaic. And for example, our friend Droll wouldn't even be here if, well, yes, again, Draxar, I'm sorry. I know you look uncomfortable over there, but if you can't handle the truth, then you can get out of my chambers. Uh, he kind of looked sheepish because he was looking like he was starting to get angry. Um, and she says, I think it would be fair for Isirian to hold a place on the, hold a, a seat on the Continuar, regardless of who the monarch is. That w that ensures our family's representation beyond my rule. I think that makes a lot of sense. Just because we're on the council doesn't mean you need to do whatever we we tell you to do. Yes, as long as you want to be it. Because I, I really 
don't, but I feel like you would do a great job. Are you sure, Yara? Uh, yeah, um, I'm very flattered, but you barely know me, oh, Yara. Oh, not... I mean, your highness, not you. Also, do we just elect... That was a joke. Do we elect ourselves, or do other families vote us in? Because then we just... What? I vote for Mace Corps, and Mace Corps votes for himself. Who said I was well, voting for myself? Oh my gosh, please don't vote See, for me. See, this is where I suppose I'm going to have to fudge the the records just a bit. And Draxar, I trust that you will help me with this. Uh, Isirian is not necessarily one of the most populous great houses at the moment. I think we're the only three living members as far as I know, although I thought we only had two until just now. But yes, you two would be the only voting members since I must abstain given my position. Maybe we can just settle your vote right now then. I think that's fair. I think let's just do it. No one's... Where where are the family? Uh, let me get one of the official ledgers. And she uh, rings a little bell and one of the intern nerdy dragons comes in and uh, uh, she says something to them. They run back out. They come back in with a scroll um, and quickly draw in beautiful um, calligraphy the House Isyrian name and crest on the top of the document and then a roll call vote for representative for the continuar does juniper vote too or is she not an isyrian she is not an isyrian okay although maybe eh, i don't know that they're married so no yeah um and the scribe hands you each uh or hands you the uh the pen first mace core um i say to yara i say yara i know we're just reconnecting again literally but you have been away for so long. Uh, you you were with mom and dad till the end. Um, I I like to do this and give you the seat on the council. You deserve it, and you represent our family very well, and always have. I appreciate that, but I really don't think that I would do well in that role. Well, if I uh, if I I have to go fight. Burio. And I know you might too, but if I perish, which might be likely, um, we need a Syrian here in, in the hearth. Uh, Queen Ivy, uh, how long does this role take place? Oh, God. Um, she says... Seven years. We've, we've set a seven-year oh <laughs> term for each member. Uh, although, if they pass away, or if there's Another reason for the house, a uh, compelling reason brought to the court for them to have a revote, then we will hear those on a case by case basis. Ooh, I really, I'm not much for a commitment, Mace Corps. Maybe, uh, maybe this was a bad idea. Do we still have to have a representative? Well, if you're worried about not coming back from the battle, Mace Corps, I could always step in if you don't. That's Juniper. I think. I. I... Yara, are you sure you want, you don't want it? And how about, you know, you take it, and then if you don't come back, Juniper can... How about if you don't come back, I'll take it. Okay. And then, I, and and Juniper, you will be third if, if we both don't come back for whatever reason. Um, Yara, or uh, Ivy nods, and Juniper nods, 
And the scribe writes down the sort of contingency plans in the at the bottom in the fine print. Um, and then invites you to write your own name on the sheet, Mace it's, 4. It's our president, vice president, and what, yeah, secretary exactly. of And if all of you die, something. then Fartros is your mailman, <laughs> so he becomes the president. Fartros, blue, Fartros, Fartros, golly. <laughs> um, I mean, sign my name. Can you give a sleight of hand check? You're going to have to do one to uh, Yara. She doesn't know how to write. <laughs> she should know how to write. <laughs> oh, an 18. Ooh, a 10. Oh, God. Not great. Um, so with a 10, Mace Core signs his name pretty sloppy. Um, he hasn't written his name on anything official in a while, so it's not great. Um, and then Yara, um... You also write Mace Corps, you also sign in your own penmanship, which you haven't written in a long time, but your penmanship is actually very nice, so you managed to sign Mace Corps' name. And with that, the scribe wraps, uh, sort of rolls up your scroll and seals it with wax and um, adds it to a shelf that has a bunch of... Uh, in the main hall, uh, you you kind of all follow this scribe back out there where they're still bustling around, and you see them place your scroll in a shelf that has 40 spaces off to the side of the great hall in this royal temple, and um, as he's doing that, you also see another scribe now preparing a name placard to sit in front of one of the conference table chairs that says Isirian on it. Wow. That seems like a really secure place to keep the vote. Wow, this is pretty cool. Hey, hey, cousin Yara. Yeah. You know, the attitude and shit that you're bringing <laughs> here for someone who hasn't, you know, ever decided to come and help with anything for the last however the fuck long you've been living here. Maybe you can leave that at the door, huh? I'm sorry. I'm a backseat driver. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's keep that backseat driving to a minimum. Okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah just, just let her have this. I mean... She's dressed. Yeah. <sighs> it's been a long day, Mace Corps. I know, I know. You're doing a great what, job. Uh, why don't we just get the voting over with? Agreed. And with that, she sort of turns <laughs> and sweeps out of the hall um, with a bunch of her assistants. It's Alex, your Flint Fireforge, with this week's mid-roll announcements. If you're enjoying our show, there are a few things you can do to support us. You can start by leaving us a review, a rating, or both, wherever you're listening to our podcast. Ratings and reviews help us to be noticed by more good-looking listeners like yourself. Or, you can share our podcast the good old-fashioned way by word of mouth. Telling friends and family members about our show is one of the best ways to share our podcast. If you're really enjoying our show, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash thisishowweroll, or find the link in the show notes. There, you'll find extra hours of content, including our side campaign in Vonralia, maps, cut content, bloopers, and more. For as little as $1 a month, you can get access to all this awesome content. And a shout-out to our patrons, Junior, Johanna, and Mario. That's it for the announcements this week, so now let's get back to the episode.
over the next couple of hours, Mace Core, I think you are left in, uh, well, you're sort of left with a choice. You could, like, go out in the city if you want to. You could stay here and sort of prepare your remarks. Um, I'll leave that up to you. Either way, I think you basically are going to have a break here in the story to come up with what you're going to say to this council. Um, or sorry, Continuar. Um, and um, Ivy and uh, Draxar kind of go about with their scribes and they, they go to the various places in town where the different family groups are meeting and collect the vote. And pretty quickly over the next four to six hours as the sun is setting... The final votes are tallied and the members of the Continuar start to file into the royal temple. And they take their seats at their names with their placards after their scrolls have been added to the shelf. And they await Ivy's remarks as she takes her seat at the head of the table. And Yara, I think you um, and Draxar and Fartros and a few others have... Uh, sort of gallery seats. Um, but not too many people besides the Continuar are actually in here. It's sort of only um, Ivy's personal cadre of, you know, royal assistants. And Draxar was not elected by his family, by the way. Ooh. Ooh. Seems so, about right. So he's feeling a little bit disappointed, but also going from king to, uh, you know, a member of this this council is probably not exactly a promotion, so he's not that upset about it. And Ivy steps into the room out of her chambers, and this time um, she is dressed in the full ceremonial garb that you've never seen her wearing as queen. Um, and she certainly looks different than usual. Um, you've always sort of known her to wear lightweight desert cloth and that sort of stuff, and now she has this ceremonial robe. It's white with gold filigree, and she also wears a crown that looks more like a tall headdress um, and it appears to be made of, like, silver scales, like dragon scales, um, which works really well for her because she is an Assyrian, uh, of similar color to you, and... Can I describe uh, the headdress? Yeah. It's kind of like if you've ever seen, like, a Byzantine, um, Byzantine, like, Greek headdress has kind of got, like, the, as you mentioned, Jordan, like, this, the little, like, strands coming down and like yeah. flat to the head yeah yeah super cool and she takes her uh she stands in front of her chair actually at the table and she looks around the table with a solemn look on her face and then she smiles and says welcome to the first of what i hope will be many gatherings of the continuar you all have been elected in the first iteration of our representation elections, and you each sit at a table or at a space at the table of great nobility. We will decide matters of the kingdom with this council rather than having one monarch who will make unilateral decisions on every matter. I will head up this council, and should there be a contentious issue upon which we cannot agree, I will make the final vote. I will take your opinions seriously. I will respect you as long as you respect me and the others in this room. I hope that we can all agree to these terms. And I would now like to congratulate you and open the floor for discussion of important topics. 
and there's sort of a smattering of applause around the table uh, that grows, and everybody is clapping, um, and they actually all stand for her and then wait till she sits, and then everyone sits. Uh, Mace Core, do you do that too, or are you like caught off guard by that? No, I'm in a. I was caught off guard initially, but as like I'm like one of the last people to do that. Like I notice everyone, and I quickly <laughs> blend in. And you, uh, by the way, Nip Mace Core, you have the seat immediately to the right of Ivy's. Ooh. I'm. Can I be wearing um, like blue silver robes? Yeah, I think yeah, I think oh, she's got, got some like, new silks. I was gonna say she's got all the all the connections, and Fartros is the silk dealer in town, so you could definitely have whipped up something pretty sweet by now. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, and the, a silence falls over the room as she opens the floor for discussion. There, there are there there are there family leads who are ladies in the room. I'm gonna just make it so. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah there's we're a very mix. we're very equal here. Yeah. Um, my lords and ladies. Uh, I would like to bring a proposal of, of considerable portion to the floor. Uh, Ivy, may I? Please. I, uh, I, ladies and gentlemen, I present the speaker for House Isirian, uh, Mace Corps Isirian. Thank you. You have the floor, Mace Corps. Thank you, Ivy, Queen Ivy, your highness. Um, and I'm gonna go over... Are we we're sitting at kind of like a is it like a big round table? Yeah, a big ovular table, like okay. a gigantic one. Uh, real quick, could you, uh, Yara, actually Yara and Macecore, could you each give me a perception check uh, as you look around the room at the reactions of the people as this is all happening? Eighteen. Uh, twenty-three. Dang. All right, both of you Good are very old. perceptive, um, and you both see that when Yara says that it's House Isirian speaking on this matter. Um, a couple of the the representatives maybe didn't realize that Hyle Sicerium was going to have their own rep on the continuar, so there's just no murmuring or anything, but you definitely see Yara especially, you see some like body language that tells you that some people are like shifting in their seats and a little bit perturbed by this change. Oh yeah, she like clocks them and memorizes their faces. I think Draxar also notices... Um, cause he's, he's like a pretty perceptive guy actually. Um, and he's like, he, you see him shift a little bit next to you as well, Yara. Uh, my lords and ladies, uh, I hope you're all not too surprised to see an Isirian on this council. As a family with a long history in the hearth, dedicated service, um, both in power and out. And with recent events, I hope, uh, you will listen to my my proposal for your consideration without any sort of reservation or past experiences um, and just free of, of ill will and open to what I'm about to ask for you from you. Can you make me a persuasion check, please? Yeah. <laughs> uh, persuasion. Oh, man, I have zero on that. Oh, fuck. 13. That's not terrible. Um, um, I we... think... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I think that with a 13, your opening statement has the room's attention. And one or two of the people that were, like, kind of rolling their eyes at an Isirian are now actually, like, giving you their ear. Um, you know, there's still a couple people that maybe are not won over, but you've you've definitely got the room now. Could I, like, combine that with a performance check? Uh, doesn't, doesn't we'll, need... we'll move on to that. We'll okay. move on to that, yeah. 
Um, I'm gonna start to walk around the table as I start okay. as I talk. I love and, it. And and kind of the people who shifted in their seats as I go around and talk, I'm gonna get closer to them, like kind of like I thought you were just gonna be like I just go up behind them and slit their throats yeah. one at a time. <laughs> no, like go up behind them and like and like lean in a little bit further than when I'm talking, like to kind of like really, Yeah, like pause by them. Yeah, yeah. I love um, it. So uh as as you as some of you very well know uh we have a existential threat ahead of us um and facing us whether we like it or not lord sky skyfall um and uh lord fireon i know you both uh lost dear members of your house uh in the battle after the 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 tournament for the crown and I want to extend my sincere uh, condolences on your loss. Um, but I also wanted to serve as a warning to everybody else that this threat from a very, very powerful sorcerer named Burial is coming for the hearth, how, no matter how distant he is or is not right now. As we saw, Burial came, at, came from literally thin air and resurrected hundreds of of our dead, including past kings, to fight for him without even a blink of an eye. Just think about, he's been out there amassing an army of epic proportions to take over the continent. I just wanted to spell out any rumor that if you think you're safe here in the hearth and that it's someone else's problem, you have are f- very, very misinformed and, frankly shouldn't be in your station if that's what you think. So let me tell you a couple of reasons why um, I'm going to ask for your support for a full mobilization of the Hoth um, to, to counter this threat from Burial. Um, number one, he's got hordes of undead zombies and all foul creatures fighting for him at the very moment, and they're going to attack uh, very soon. So we are massing forces from all over the continent of all different creatures and animals um, to Vulcan Point in the north um, in just a few day, a few weeks' time to fight to head him off uh, before he gets even more powerful. Um, just like in the days of old, many years ago, dragons fought alongside a massive army and were the decisive uh, we're decisive in making sure Burial was banished, and now we're looking to do it for good. Number two, your families will never be safe if he is out and about. Trade, commerce, shipping, everything that we know, our whole life our whole life will be turned upside down. He's already made contact with the, dra- the, the dragons from the fairy tales, who I used to model myself on, and I'm sure you did too. Um, he's made contact with them, and I know this because I've made contact with them, too. And I hope there's, like, a gasp in the room. Yeah, oh yeah. There's, like, <gasps> some murmuring around the table now. Rutabaga, um, Rutabaga, Rutabaga. <laughs> <laughs> um, unfortunately, I don't have the... I, I did not secure their un, uh, their unwavering support, but um, they are considering my proposal to join forces with us, and I think they'll take it. Um, and lastly, if not do this, if, if not for yourself or your family, do this for the legacy of, of your future and, and your houses. This, this, this continuar will not be a thing 
anymore. Your houses will be burned. Your legacies will be in the ground and forgotten if we don't do something about Birio. And if for you, for to you to think that danger won't come here, we've already seen it come here once. We've already seen it take innocent lives. And for you to, and and for anyone who thinks it's just me, it's coming whether I'm here or not. I might be the one that with a target on my back since I've faced him before, but I'm certainly not going to be the last. So with that plea, I ask for your vote for a full mobilization of your families and of the Army of the Hearth to go and join up with, with other armies and forces to end this threat once and for all. Thank you. Uh, make a performance check, please. Or persuasion. Your, your choice. Uh, non-natural 20. I'm taking the performance. A non-natural 20. That's pretty good. Um, there's definitely some like murmuring around the table now, and there are a couple of pockets of dissent clearly developing, but there is also uh, several people sort of nodding along as you finish your speech. And... After you finish and you grab your seat, um, it's kind of like a lot of side discussions happening, and suddenly you hear a pounding on the table, like a few like good pounds on the table, and you look down toward almost the opposite end of the table through the great hall here, and st- sitting behind a placard that reads Spitfire is Droll Spitfire, who stands up, having rapped on the table to get everyone's attention. And he says, House Isirian will have the full support of House Spitfire in this matter, regardless of the vote. Brother Macecore speaks the truth. And then he sits back down. I gesture with a nod in his direction. Uh, Draxar actually stands up next to you, Yara. And he sa- he calls out across the room, and it sort of echoes because he's like in the back. Um, he says, "Draxar Greenback will join the fight too." And uh, Ivy looks at him and says, "Draxar, you're not on the. You can't. Uh, just sit down. Thank you. Sit down." Um, and... Yara just looks at him with disgust. um and a couple of other folks um there's the oh man i had a whole list of dragonborn houses uh at one point in front of me the sky um, falls yeah um so the so those folks who lost people in the aftermath of the tournament are looking like they have been persuaded by you mace core um i'm gonna say though that it's still pretty darn close to 50 50 if not 50 50 um, and one or two people in the room, um, are looking pretty unconvinced, including a very arrogant looking and, and wealthy looking dragon who stands up on the right side of the table. And he says, you speak of so many things and yet have so little proof. How are we to pour our resources, our lives, our very houses into a war effort that has nothing to do with the hearth. And there's like a bunch of uh, families around him on that side who seem on board with his sentiment. And there's like a little bit of applause from them. 
Um, Ivy pounds on the table this time. And there's a few more rounds of this where people are sort of voicing their support, um, some voicing their dissent. Um, it is dizzying to try to keep track of what the vote would look like at the moment. And as that goes around and around, um, the night grows long. And eventually everyone seems to have had their say. By your calculation, Mace Core, looking around the table, it is a dead heat. And Ivy looks at you and she looks around the room and she says, well, it would seem that we have heard the many points of view on this issue and this council was formed that we may vote on such issues and that is what we will do please cast your votes white means that you support mace corps motion and support the mobilization of the forces of the hearth black means that you do not support the motion you do not support the mobilization of our forces and everyone has a uh, sort of like a smooth white stone and a smooth black stone in front of them. Um, and they pass around a jug. And everybody drops their tokens into the jug. Plink, 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 plink. Indeed, plink indeed. Mm -hmm. And once the jug is completed, um, one of the intern types brings it to Ivy and she stands up and moves up to uh, a, a small table that's sort of a high, like a standing height table um, covered in like a nice felt topper so that she doesn't mess up any of the stones as she uh, starts to remove them one at a time and she collects the votes and counts them. Um, and I think we said there were 36 houses being invited, then 37 with Isirian. And Ooh, so it can't die. And Ivy is counting out the votes. It is, just as predicted, it is pretty much a dead heat throughout this entire process. And she has just pulled out, uh, when she gets to the 35th stone, it is tied 17-17, and she pulls out a white stone, which puts it at 18 yes, 18 no. Or sorry, 18 yes, 17 no. She then tips the jug one more time and pulls out a black stone, which makes it 18 yes and 18 no. It's tied with one stone remaining. As she tips the jug to pull out the final stone, the entire temple starts to shake, which prompts her to tip the jug upright again. And there is a great rattling at the main doors at the end of this chamber. And there's dust pouring in underneath the doors as if a great wind is blowing the doors. And suddenly the two doors at the far end of this chamber burst open and a great cloud of dust from the desert piles into this chamber and obscures everyone's vision. And there's sort of like panic for a second. There's some folks jumping up from the table. There's people drawing weapons. Draxar jumps up. Um, like onto his seat and is like waving his giant claymore around and um, and Yara I think you you probably like taken some kind of like judo stance all of a sudden you know mm -hmm. getting ready mm -hmm. um, yeah. Mace Corps you may draw your bow I'm not sure um, uh, I'm going to use the, the sword part 
Uh, okay, yeah, sweet. And um, and Juniper runs to Ivy's side and has her dagger drawn, sort of putting herself between Ivy and whatever's coming. And as the dust clears, Macecore, you see at the far end of the chamber, after the quaking has stopped, you see the humanoid figure of the dragon walking into the main hall. Now let's find out what Flint has been up to. Alright, so we are currently out of initiative. What do you do next? Were there any other Stony? Uh, yeah, there was one. I think he, like, I don't know, like, he disappeared down there. It looked like he, like, went underground or something. By the way. Wait, like, down the hall and to the right? No, there was, like, a door or something that he just, like, disappeared into. Like, like all the way down the hall. Um, but Flint, I just want you to know when I duck, when I like dropped to the floor, it was all part of the plan. Cause I knew you were going to like hide and then you're going to like come out and like kill that guy. So I was, you know, dude, it was a total bait and switch. Exactly. You nailed that oh, guy. Dude. He's like, dude, yeah, classic. Yeah. Oh, so, oh man. Yeah. Classic, classic Flint and Stoney. Just classic adventures. Classic Flint and Stoney switcheroo. I love it. Oh, it was great. Hey, um, you said there was a, we need to go like, okay, like the, the Phoenix is like right over there. Oh. And then I'm going to just like run towards the panel yeah. hole. I'll just follow. Which I assume is open. I'll just follow. Uh, it's not actually, it's closed. Uh, so I'm going to do whatever I did before. So like I did, I think before I did like an investigation and I was like, oh yeah, there's a secret panel here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know where like, the panel is, so you don't have yeah. to investigate again. Um, and you know how to open it, so you managed to do that. And um, can you make me a? Let's just do a straight up uh, dexterity reaction uh, contest. So roll dexterity. Okay. Middle of the road, eleven. <laughs> and that is a twenty-one for the figure inside of the little chamber. And bitch. as soon as you poke your head through this panel. The stranger in a cloak holds up the sphere that contains Jeffrey the Phoenix, and he says, Don't come one step closer or I'll smash it. If you smash that, I'm going to kill you in the most painful way you could ever imagine. Um, make a intimidation check. <laughs> I'm not good at that. A 14. Can, wait, can I, mm. can I try and, and chime in? And like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just yell in there. I've seen him do it. He's fucking crazy. He'll do it. He'll do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Roll the roll another one. You can roll with advantage there, since uh, Stony's chiming in. We'll see if it helps. Is that me rolling for intimidation or or Alex? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Flint, roll it again, okay. and we'll see if you get. Oh, a better I thought roll. you said. I thought you said Stone. Yeah, roll. sorry. Me <laughs> roll it with advantage. Yeah, yeah. We'll just give you advantage. Sorry, since sorry. Stoney's sorry. helping. Ah, it worked. Oh God, I got a net twenty. <laughs> oh shit! That's a good roll. That guy saw me slit his friend's fucking throat <laughs> like a ruthless shadow. So, when the figure hears Stony's voice. And then contemplates what you just said. Uh, I think they realize that you're not fucking around here. Yeah. And they lower the glowing globe with the 
what looks like a very young bird inside of it at the moment. And they say, I can't leave here without this. Who sent you here? I can't tell you that either. You'll tell me or you'll die. They look at you and say, I might as well, you might as well kill me if I tell you. Okay. This is like, okay. I've got a long history of negotiating sort of tense situations here. What do you have? You've got a I bird. have the phoenix. And, okay, fine. We both know it's a phoenix. You've got a phoenix in your hand. You need to get out of here. You're not going to get out of here. Not with the phoenix. So, like, what's... What do you mean? What What do you mean, what do I mean? I'm, I'm, I, I need you to set the bird down, okay? His name is Jeffrey. It's not just a bird, okay? Okay. Okay. And, and we're just going to... How do you know its name? Because he's my friend. I've seen him before. We've met. We've got a rapport built. You're friends with a bird? Yeah, okay. You're friends with a bird. Um, Got him. Is... Got him, Flint. <laughs> okay, just... You're... Uh, you, okay, three guys show up. You sneak into Sniggly Rats's lab. You come here for the Phoenix. Obviously, you're here for some nefarious purpose. All right. Let's... Let's just talk this out. Everybody be cool. Okay, hang on. What if what if we say that you got here first and I just give you this? We part ways. Nobody has to know the truth. And I'm giving you this by the way because of your nat 20 on intimidation. Sure. Um just be very cool. Which one of you brought the box? Or did you leave it outside? Fuck. I think it's outside. That's okay. We definitely left it outside. (laughs) Yeah, we we. I'm gonna say, uh, um, Flint, don't me go go get the box. I can get the box really quick while you deal with this punk. No, just 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 hang on. Okay, yeah. Give me, Stony. Yeah. You just stay right outside in the hall. Okay. I'm going to step in. And receive the phoenix. Okay. And we're going to let this guy go. Okay. All right. Everybody be cool. No hands on hilts. Okay. Look, you can see my hand. He holds up his extra hand and the other one has the phoenix. I'm going to reach out and attempt to receive the phoenix. He reaches out to hand you the globe as he shifts himself toward the small door. We have traded. I have the. <laughs> I have the Phoenix. Okay, this is about to get real slight of handy. <laughs> I'm going to reach into my pocket and throw a handful of ball bearings at the doorway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to do that. And hopefully, can you tell me whether or not the. Uh, assailant, the cloaked figure, looks at... Is that a distraction as well as, like, a uh, difficult terrain condition? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's confusing about that. While he looks away at it, I tuck the orb like a football and clap my hands together. Oh, okay. I like it. Um, And you vanish, right? I do vanish because I have the phantom phalanges on. All right, and how long do you vanish for? 
Uh, it's like four. It it's like one d four times six seconds or something. I think it's like one d four turns essentially. Yeah. Um, so you've got a little bit of time. Okay, so my goal is to see. I need to see what the guy does. Like, does he sprint for it? Yeah, he tries to turn as soon as he lets go of the phoenix and move toward this short door. And he's got a hand up in front of him to try to protect himself from Stony outside. Um, and he's about to... He's sort of in the middle of saying, Everybody, just be cool. I'm coming out as you throw the ball bearings. Yeah, okay. Um, so my goal with getting invisible is to be able to very carefully place Jeffrey in the corner of the room where he, like, it's a small room from what I remember. Yeah. Place him in the corner where he'll be safe. He's not going to get his glass broken uh, from whatever's about to go down. Uh, So Stoney is outside waiting. I threw the ball bearings. The guy is going through. I've vanished and put Jeffrey in the corner. Yep, and I think Stony, you just hear a clattering sound as these ball bearings hit the ground as the guy sort of appears in the doorway, and you're not sure what's going on. Uh, so what's your reaction to that? Um, I feel like Stony is so protective of Flint that he's going to try and bust in the room because he thinks something's gone horribly wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think That's so. Great. Um, okay, so make me a... So, Oof. Uh, so I see this guy like in the doorway, right? Yeah. So I think I would try and like kick in the door to like get to Flint. Like I would like kick okay. a door to try and like like Flint, I'm coming, and like bam, kick the door. All right, open. yeah. Make a. Uh, so why don't you make me a dexterity check? Okay. We'll see how quickly you react in this moment, as compared to the. Uh, oh, good figure. six. Oh my god. Not quickly at all. Um, So here's what happens. You hear this noise. You panic for a second. You kick at the door. The door slams shut just before this cloaked figure gets their hand pinned in the door. They manage to pull it back inside. And in doing so, they stand up and step onto some of the ball bearings that Flint has thrown. Their feet go out from under them and they land flat on their back. Uh, while also simultaneously hitting their head on the wall, since it's not a very wide room. Oh, um, and the figure is unconscious. Oh, beautiful. Okay. Uh, Sto- Stony, good job. You got him. What? Is that you? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Yeah, you did a great job with that guy. While he's saying that, I'm going to go take the immovable rod, oh, place it on his chest, <laughs> and press the button so he can't move anywhere. Okay. Oh God! I, He's and pinned down. He. I just want him to be like pinned down, like almost like, oh, like if it was really unfortunate and you like dropped a barbell like on yeah, your neck yeah. and like you he needs like you can't get yeah yeah. He so like it's spotter. not crushing his neck, but like he couldn't you know like wiggle out from under it. Like it's right. essentially on him. Um. I've, so I want to push the door open make sure that Stoney can get in, but I'm immediately going to go check on Jeffrey. I'm going to chug the potion and just go over to Jeffrey and say, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, it's me, Flint. It's, it's me. Are you okay? Hey, what's up, man? I remember you. 
Yeah, 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 it's me. I can talk to you now. Shit, man, it's been a crazy couple of days. What do you mean? Like, how? I mean, all this shit going... Uh, nobody ever comes in my room, man. What, I'm ready because... to get the... You taking me out of here? I'm ready to get the fuck out of here. Well, I wanted to ask you if you wanted to come. I I want to get out of this place, man. This place is the worst. <laughs> Good, I'm yeah, a, yeah, yeah. I'm a bird. I want to fly free. Well, I was worried... I was worried that, like... You couldn't, couldn't get out of your your ball. I can get out of this ball, man. They put me in here for experiments and shit. Does oh. does Stony just see like Flint squawking at a bird? Yes, yes he does. <laughs> That's too good. Stony's just gonna oh. go, Flint. What the fuck are you doing? And I'm just gonna look at him, and I'm gonna look at him and say, like, I'm talking to Jeffrey. But it comes down to squawks, does that come right? Out of squawks. No, that's that's in common. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Um. So I'm gonna look at Jeffrey, and I'm gonna say, Jeffrey, like, we, I didn't know how to get you out of here. So like, some guy like made a box for you. I gotta be honest. It's upstairs, but as soon as I saw it, it didn't have any windows. I didn't think you would like it. Um, hell, man, I don't, that doesn't sound like my kind of scene, but if it'll help me get out of here, I'm, I'm happy to go with you if you're promising to set me free. I got yeah. your back if you do, man, I promise. Dude, yeah, 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 totally, totally. Um, okay, let's, I, I just gotta talk to this guy and see, like, what the, the heck he would, did you hear him say anything? Like, was he like, hey, I'm here from the club to get you like what he said? Nah, man. He didn't. He didn't say anything. He just came in and grabbed me, woke me up. I was taking a real nice nap. God, that is some shit. Yeah, some bullshit. So, any okay, you just hang tight right there. I'm gonna go. Oh, talk I'm not to going anywhere, guy. bro. Okay. Um. Yes. Let's. I. Okay. God, it's just really great to see you again, Jeffrey. Yeah. You too. Uh, and then I feel like he he hesitated but he felt like you wanted to hear (laughs) that he missed you too (laughs) Uh, um I think I'd like to say Stoney again dude sorry that got weird you nailed it with this guy way to put him on the ground let's okay let's let's just wake this guy up and figure out what the heck he knows yeah all right man that sounds great do you want to do like a good cop, bad cop? Like you can get him first yeah. and I'll come in and like yell at him and then you can just be like the reasonable one. I'll go crazy. Man. I'll go okay, crazy like, on I'll, this guy. I'll be nice. Yeah. You go crazy. Go like you're crazy. like, you're like a snaggled tooth yeah. striped like uh, tree cat. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I don't know what that is, man, but that sounds fucking nasty. I'll do it. Let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Why don't I start? Uh, why, don't, why don't I start? Why don't I start? to walk. Yeah, yeah, go for it, go for we'll it. We'll start b- back up. All right. Um, how do you want to, like, wake him up? Like, should I just, like, hit him? Like, what do you, what do you want to do? <laughs> well, yeah, but don't hit him so hard that he, like, stays knocked out. No, no, you know, obviously, like, right. No. Uh, um, right, right, right. What if I kick him in, like, the balls? That's a good spot, right? He'd probably wake up from that. Most guys would. Yeah, that'll give him a nice shot. Nice. All right. So I'm just gonna not, not super hard, but just, like... Kind of like lightly kick this guy right in the crotch. Uh, make me a medicine check, I guess. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Here we go. A six. 
Uh, you're unable to locate the balls. <laughs> yeah, <I start laughs> you miscalculate around. your kick, oh, no. and it does six damage to him. Oh no! But he remains unconscious, and he groans in his <laughs> unconscious state. Uh, Sonny, uh, I think you missed. Yeah. I, I, maybe you should start. Maybe we'll start good cop. Okay. 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 Um, I'm going to. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to try and suffocate him, but I am going to like. If his mouth is closed, I'm just going to close his nostrils. Okay. Uh, let's do a medicine check for you too. Sure. <laughs> you suffocate him to a thirteen. Death. <laughs> yeah. Thirteen's pretty good. Um, with that. You close the nose, and after a few seconds, he gasps for air through his mouth, which sort of jars him, and he opens his eyes, and he's sort of, like, seeing stars. You can tell he's disoriented, um, but he's looking up at you, Flint, with big, wide eyes. Also, he has an immovable rod bearing (laughs) down on his neck. Yeah, he, he can't move. He realizes he can't move. what Piper's up to. Langford, I've I've learned so many things over the last few weeks. I finally got out of here and I had some adventures. I'm not sure if it's the life for me, but I do know that we have to help my new friends, or there may not even be a world to go adventuring in for much longer. A war is coming, and I think that we can still help Velociel. She disappeared, but she's somewhere in another plane of existence. I'm not quite sure what that means, but... My other friends seem to think that they still have hope that she's alive. They aren't sure that she's alive, but I I can just feel it. I can feel that she's out there. And I think that maybe you can help me, because I've, I've seen that tattoo that you have on your leg. And Langford looks at her and says... Langford looks at her for a long moment and then says, Oh, that. Yes, well... Velocio was aware of that as well. What do you know of the Blade of Umberly? Well, not much. Only that it has a role to play in the coming war. And I and that I knew someone else who was a part of your club. And I wondered if maybe you could help me find him. Well, that's interesting, Piper. I didn't know you to have any connection, but I may be able to help you if it's someone from the Horn. I am generally aware of the members of the Brotherhood when they are near... There are several members keeping vigil here in town, especially now as we have seen dark portents, just as your story confirms. There is a growing storm. Who is it that you seek? Well, I don't think I ever got his name. For a long time, it was sort of this vague memory, you see, and... Well, anyways, recently I ran into a situation that exposed me to some kind of dark power, and here I was back in this moment and when I was just a little girl. He was an orc, a great, large orc, who wielded a great shield, and he had shining armor. He was an absolute beast of a man, if you know what I'm saying. He was gigantic. He was intimidating, but he was incredibly kind. He saved me from some bullies when I was a kid, and when I was back in my memory reliving those moments, I remember that I saw a tattoo on his leg, just like yours. I feel like maybe I was meant to find him in this moment. Maybe that's what 
Maybe that's why I had to relive that memory. And Langford takes a long pause there, thinking. Hmm. That doesn't match anyone's description here in the horn at the moment. And how long ago was this? Twenty years. I, I knew it was a long shot. And she sort of kicks the cobblestone street. And Langford puts a hand on her shoulder and says, Don't give up, Hope Piper. We may yet be able to find him, but we'll need a ship. And all the help that we can gather in short order. Let me put out word to those in the horn who will heed my call. And you try to find us a worthy ship. We'll need to sail for many days, but it is high time that I visited anyway. If my purpose as a sworn protector of this world isn't to do this, then I don't know what it is. Where am I going to find a ship for that kind of voyage? And Piper thinks for a moment, and then a frown kind of comes across her face, and she says, Maybe, oh, I'm, she is not going to be happy if I, oh, I know what you're thinking, Langford, and... I think that's my only choice, but... Oh, where are we going anyway? I, I should probably be able to tell her that. To the place where my order has planned to gather in the dying light of the world since our inception. The place we protected for the last 500 years. As a memorial what has come to pass, and what will come to pass. The others will be gathering there, no doubt. It's called the Hermitage, and you can only reach it by ship. Fast forward some time, and Piper is speaking to Emily outside of Nigel's compound, up in the high part of the town. And Emily is speaking to Piper, responding, No, Piper, I don't necessarily understand what you're asking me. My father is just now getting his operation back up and running. We simply can't take his ship out for a joyride. Well, Emily, I don't really want to do this, but here's your motivation, if you need one. Macecore's in trouble, too. If we don't take your dad's ship and bring aid to Macecore and his friends, he won't survive, and neither will you. The whole world depends on us. Well, that seems very doom and gloom. But... Uh, and Piper has clearly caught her attention here. Where, where is Macecore? When you returned, I thought he would be with you. Oh, well, another failed relationship for Nigel's daughter, I guess. Oh, no, 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 Emily, all right. Mace Cole really does like you. He's just preoccupied, trying to save the world, remember? And I promised you, if you come to his aid in this way, he won't ever forget it. Lock him down, sister. Show him you deserve that clawed hand of his. And Piper's going to make a persuasion check here. That is a 17 plus 3. A 20. Uh, Emily responds and says, Okay, Piper, all right. Let, let's think it through carefully, though. Now keep it down. And she thinks, and they discuss in hushed tones for a few minutes, and Emily sort of writes down a list on a sheet of paper. Then she heads back into the compound, and she says, now, Piper, you wait here while I gather my things. Looks like it's time for the first ever Emily and Piper adventure. And she disappears into the compound. And later that day, we see Piper and Emily climbing up the gangplank onto Nigel's yacht.
No, no. The the position on the continuar? Yeah. No, yeah. I I can't. I can't right now. Uh Yara. Perhaps right. Yeah. Not you, Ivy. Oh god, sorry. Yeah, my bad. Get oh out of god. Just... Back it up. <laughs> yep. Alright, yes, say it again, May score. Yara, I know. Uh what does Ty go to on that? Doesn't it go to the attacker? Or maybe it goes to the... I think it does go to the attacker. I think if the DM is rolling, it goes in the DM's favor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, well... Yes. Philosial was a well of it as where. <clears throat> Let's back that up. Cut that. 